One of the no votes on this legislation today in the Illinois Senate was State Senator Steve McClure, Republican of Springfield, who joins us live this afternoon. Senator, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jim. Well, I know you have voiced a lot of concerns about this. Uh, give us the, the big picture on this. What does this energy legislation mean for ratepayers in Springfield and central Illinois in the years and indeed in the decades to come? Well, for one, it's the biggest rate increase in the history of our state. That's number one. Um, but it, can, I, can, I, can I pause you on that for a second, though, because we're getting certainly sure. conflicting numbers on this. I know there was a Crane Chicago estimate last week saying it could be $15 a month per household. Uh, the legislative sponsor today said maybe more along the lines of 3 or $3.5 a month. What, what are you estimating it's going to be, and how do we know? Well, and the governor said $0.80, cents, I think, and then AARP agrees with the $15. Well, actually, I asked Jim on, on, the, on the floor – while we were debating the bill, I asked uh, the, the sponsor of the bill, how much is this going to cost our state? I gave him two chances to answer, and he never answered the question. So I think that it's fair to say that we've got wide-ranging estimates, but it looks like it's going to be at least $5 on the low end uh, as far as the reliable sources, but as much as $15. But really, to be honest, you really don't know until all this stuff takes effect. So there's going to be an increase. It's going to be the largest that we've ever had. We're just not quite sure how large it's going to be. What else does it do then, particularly in terms of reliability of the electric grid? Well, one of the one of the major points that I made is, you know, I'm when I drive down 72, I see a lot of uh, wind power. And, you know, I was driving from Carrollton uh, on Friday back to Springfield, and I saw lots of windmills, and they were not moving a centimeter. They were not moving an inch. So what happens in situations where we don't have this reliable, steady energy source? And the answer uh, comes to us from the United Kingdom, which if you look, there's a story this morning from the Wall Street Journal. Power prices surge, and we, we lose the ability to, to produce enough energy to, uh, to allow for people to turn their lights on, et cetera. So we've got to then buy energy from other states. And, Jim, there's nothing in this bill at all that – has any regulation as to what type of energy can be purchased from other states. So the same uh, coal source energy, et cetera, is going to still be produced. It's just going to be produced in another state where we're giving them more money for the same energy, and it's going to have the same net effect to the environment. So it's just, it's really pushing this off on other states to have the same net effect to the environment. So it's, it's one of those bills, in my view, which it's heavily a press release bill where you say you're doing something good, but the environment is still in the exact same shape it was uh, after the bill is passed than it was before the bill was passed. Now, let me ask you about that with the wind turbines, because I, I know we've all seen it from time to time where you're driving past one of those wind farms and the blades are not turning. But is that because it just wasn't windy enough, or is it more of a supply and demand thing where they're not going to generate power that isn't going to be needed in, in that time frame? And if we don't have some of these other sources, will we see those turbines moving more often and more of them? This was a day where there was no wind. I mean, there was no wind. So, you know, here's one of the big problems with wind. And I think this is another major fault of this, of this legislation. There should be more money invested in technology to produce batteries that can store power from wind or solar. Because right now the technology is not where it needs to be for us to have reliable energy constantly. So there's days when the wind just doesn't blow. There's days that are cloudy days that the solar panels don't pick up enough energy. So in order to combat that, we really need to invest in technology to allow batteries to store this 
and store it for longer periods of time for times when we need it the most. Unfortunately, this bill does not really address that. It just makes these assumptions that at some point the technology will be there, even though it's not there right now. And that's and that's very troubling because we have to have reliable energy. Will will we expect to see you or your colleagues introducing legislation on things like battery technology? You're right. We hear a lot about this, about the need for uh, improved battery technology, whether it relates to electric generation or the electric cars. They're going to be the, the next big wave of the future here. Uh, and should the state try to get on the, the leading edge of that uh, rather than waiting to see how this all plays out? Jim, I'm, I'm, I've been more than I'm, I sit on the Energy Committee. I'm more than willing to discuss anything that we can do to move things in the right direction. But what's been happening with these negotiations are is that we've got lots of these companies, particularly the nuclear plants, that are basically having to negotiate when they've got no chips. You know, the, you know, the Senate has all the cards. The governor has all the cards. They're looking at having to close permanently if something is not done. That's not the proper way to negotiate. You know, the, the nuclear issues should have been done separately. Unfortunately, they were not. So you're throwing all of this in in the same mix at the same time, which to me, it's just not ethically or morally right to throw everything in at the same time because you're now forcing some companies to agree to things that they would not have had there not been this dire situations they are confronting. But I'm glad that you brought up electric vehicles, Jim, because one of the things the bill does is it gives a $4,000 rebate to Cook County uh, residents who buy an electric vehicle and to some of the collar counties if they buy an electric vehicle. However, in Springfield, Jim, if you go purchase an electric vehicle, you do not get that $4,000 rebate. And here's the deal. If you're trying to get people to purchase these vehicles because they're better for the environment, why would you not allow people in Springfield to have that same rebate? And why would you exclude um, electric motorcycles? And, you know, so the parts where we should not be excluded, we should be a part of the whole state, we were not included. And I'll tell you what, other aspects, you know, there's an issue with eminent domain as well, where they're going to take this, you know, someone's had farmland for generations. Senator, can I ask you to hold hold that thought for a second? That's a really important part of this, and I want to ask you about it, but I wanted to ask you on the the rebate issue, because I I noticed that as well. So uh, I guess I would ask the question again, will you or or your colleagues on the Republican side introduce a a bill to add downstate for those rebates, to put electric motorcycles in there? I mean, is that just not a good idea to have the rebates at all? Or if we're going to have them, should we have them for everybody? If we're going to have them, we need to have them for everybody, Jim. And I'm happy to work with my colleagues if they're willing to let us even call the bills. I mean, you know what happens in those committees. But to answer your question, well, I'd be happy to be a part of a bill to make sure that my 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 constituents here in Springfield and around the around the district can get these rebates. Absolutely. Let's talk now about eminent domain, because this is one of the the big, mysterious parts of this, and there have not been good answers from the legislative sponsors as to what power this gives to private companies here. But what's your understanding of what this legislation does in terms of eminent domain uh, and the power company's ability to utilize it for their own bottom line? Yeah, so so they're going to be able to take land, and, and some of these counties, by the way, where this land is located, are in my district. They're going to be able to take land from my constituents to build a transmission line. The, the beneficiaries of the transmission line are, are, are basically out-of-state companies, and there's going to be very little benefit to our state. So this is one of those things, Jim, where this is just, in my view, a power grab. It's unfair. And, you know, we talk about my constituents can't get the $4,000 rebate, and yet um, my constituents will have to give up their farmland Without any, uh, without any real say in it for a transmission line that mainly affects 
and helps other states. It just doesn't seem right. And you're right, Jim. There was no real reasonable. Um, there was no real reasonable explanation for it. Uh, and this only uh, impacts certain counties, as I understand it, correct? So it, does it include yes. Sangamon? How, what, how close does this get to, to the immediate Springfield area? It does not include uh, Sangamon. It does include places like Pike County, Pike, okay. uh, Christian County, um, and others. And, and several of these counties are in my district. And, okay. and, you know, but they pinpoint, they pinpoint where they can take your land, and they pinpoint who gets these rebates. And yet, at the same time, they say all the time that we're one state. We got to be treated equally on the on the minimum wage stuff, Jim. We're one state. We got to all be equal. You make the same amount. You do the same amount of work in Chicago that you do in Springfield, et cetera. And yet, on these bills, they target us downstate, and it's just not right. As you mentioned, the upshot of this could be that unless we figure out some alternatives here, we could find ourselves when these plants start to go offline, having to import power, which may in fact be generated by burning coal, but in other states, creating jobs in those other states, uh, and and then bringing that back here into Illinois at a higher price. This legislation is going to be signed. The governor's made it clear this is going to be the law of the land. So what do we need to do now to ensure that that future doesn't arrive? What uh, options are available out there within the parameters of this law to make sure we have adequate electric generation capacity here in the state of Illinois without having to go outside? Well, I think that comes down to calling legislators, to be honest, Jim, because, you know, here's the thing. It's a thousand page bill. And, you know, Senator Hastings, who, who, who brought the legislation in the Senate today, talked about we've been dealing with this for a long time. And, you know, and then after that, he talked about several things, one of which I pointed out, that were not in the bill. And there's the discussion that there's going to have to be trailer bills. There's going to have to be improvements to this. So I would just suggest that you know folks reach out to legislators, particularly on the Energy Committee, both in the House and in the Senate. And you know we've got to go through this bill. It's 1,000 pages, like I said. And there's got to be things that, that, that need to be changed. But we're not going to be able to do that unless there is an outcry from constituents. And so once constituents start getting motivated, start making phone calls, that's when I can come in and we can come in to, to get some movement here. But right now, um, it's, it's very difficult to change much of anything about this bill. State Senator Steve McClure of Springfield, thanks for your time this afternoon. We appreciate it. We'll be watching to see what uh, uh, transpires next as we figure out how to implement this legislation that the governor should be signing in short order. Thanks again for your time. Thanks, Jim.